Welcome to Enlightenedhood, a sacred space for mothers, mothers to be, and mothers by proxy to share how mindfulness and spirituality intertwine with one of life's biggest responsibilities, motherhood. Each week, we will gather nuggets of inspiration, empowerment, and wisdom from wild and woke mamas who are tapped into their highest selves and raising the next generation along with the consciousness of this planet. I'm your host, Lena Lemos, founder of Enlightenedhood, a community of mindful and spiritual mamas committed to personal growth and divine sisterhood through our one-of-a-kind inner work membership and spiritual magazine. Welcome. I am so grateful that you're here. Lily, you mindful mamas. I wonder how many of these podcast intros I will do with asking how everyone is doing (laughs) during these weird times. I will say the thing I love the most about listening back to these interviews is how timely they can be when we need them the most. In today's episode, we are talking about shadow work And I'm sure for many of us, as we have slowed down and shifted our schedule and removed some of the noise and distractions in our life, that there might be a lot of things that are coming up right now. There might be a lot of emotions. There might be a lot of memories, things we aren't so proud of, a lot of different reactions that are happening. And that is completely okay, it's normal. And that is what shadow work is for, to lean into those feelings, to accept those feelings without judgment and to give them love and to heal them while we sit with them. So if you're going through something like that right now, I urge you to listen to this interview. And then after you're done, go check out our 12 days of light that we did on Instagram, because on day 11, We focused on shadow work and giving you some journal prompts and things to consider when working through these emotions. My guest today is Victoria Hopkins, and she is a shadow work facilitator, and her job is to hold space for you as you dive deep into exploring the murky parts of your soul. Two years ago, she was plagued with fear, self-doubt, and anxiety, It was wrapped up in her identity and her ability to trust her intuition and spiritual connections. The last couple of years have been a journey of deep healing for Victoria and unlearning old patterns and beliefs. By diving deep into her shadow self, Victoria has been able to overcome anxiety, physical ailments, and deal with the unexpected death of her father. Victoria now has the tools to help her navigate the ups and downs of life, and she's able to feel her emotions without being consumed with them. Victoria helps her clients reconnect themselves and build self-awareness around what anxiety and fear look like in their bodies and help them start to shift their lives. Today's episode, we're talking about what is shadow work? How can you identify what the shadows are? How can you start to heal them, unpack them, bring them to the surface? And how can we create boundaries to not be affected by these things that are bubbling to the surface? How can we 
lean into them and heal them and make peace with them without letting them consume us, which I think is such an important thing to talk about right now. And again, I love how timely these conversations are because as I was listening back, we were talking about how we're that society is going through a massive shift right now in our consciousness and the way that we are looking at inner work. And even now, so I mean, we recorded this over a month ago before this whole coronavirus thing happened. And it's even more true right now. So I hope you enjoy our conversation and please let anyone in our community know if you need help working through your shadows and whatever emotions are coming up right now. But without further ado, here is Victoria. So tell me about this journey of you becoming a shadow work facilitator, because I know for many of us, when we are on the path to mindfulness and spirituality, shadow work comes up somewhere. But for most of us, it's you don't really know what it is until you get to it. Yeah, it was a long journey. I think my like spiritual journey probably started around 2012. Um, so that's <laughs> when I first started like dabbling, uh-huh. understanding, like connecting, realizing that I was an empath, um, kind of making sense of why I felt that I was so weird as a child, just being like really in tune to things, very emotional, all of that kind of stuff. Um, and then slowly, it just kind of slowly came together throughout the years. Uh, 2017, I went to Ireland um, for a spiritual retreat, um, which was a really like sort of like, I think that was the catalyst to start things moving. Mm-hmm. Um And then when I came back, probably in that fall of that year, I started kind of like, I was not feeling good. I had like a ton of anxiety. And that was something that I had always struggled with throughout like my childhood. And I always wanted to get rid of it. Like I always like I hated it. It made me feel awful. It like started like it created shame and all of these like not so great feelings. Mm. So I started to hear people talk about shadow work, talk about like the dark night of the soul and all of that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So I thought, you know, I've tried everything else. Why not try this? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And that's kind of how it started. I started working with a few different um, healers that use different um, techniques to like help with belief systems and all of that kind of stuff. Um, but it was icky. It was a pretty rough, uh, pretty rough time. It was dark. It was not, I didn't feel good. Um, and it kind of, it stirred up a lot of stuff. Like when you're doing this work, you, you can kind of shake up the stuff. So you feel kind of icky in it. So even if it feels like it's not working, it is actually working. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, uh, so that would take us to about the probably, mid to summer point in 2019. And then I found out or I got the call that my dad had died. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was like super sudden. He was on vacation, totally like unexpected. Didn't even um, like, we never, like you never think it's going to happen to you. And then it does. Um, And that I think was the next layer of the shadow work kind of um, journey that I now I can see that I needed to go on, that it, um, it just like every emotion that I ever like had held in my body was like, like falling out of me. Um, and I had like zero control over it. Uh, so that's something that like, as much as death sucks, that's one thing that it strips you down and you're kind of in this 
state where you just, you have not, no other choice, but to just like, let it out. Yeah. It just seems like when you're, when you're deep in shadow work and you're already feeling all the feelings and then to top grief on top of that just seems like a lot all at once. Yeah, it was a heavy thing. But one thing I think the standout thing that I did learn in the shadow work kind of journey is, um, I can't remember who said it to me, but somebody did. Um, and it's probably been said before, but they would tell me to feel what I feel and just notice what I noticed. And that was something that really helped um, get me through the emotions. Because when you're feeling like really icky or like super anxious or whatever it is for you, you get stuck in that thought pattern, like, Oh my God, it's always going to be like this. I'm never going to change. Like I'm always going to be stuck feeling like this. Nothing's ever going to get better. And I I could see that loop happening all the time. Um, and then once I started to acknowledge that, you know, it's okay that I'm feeling like this number Uh one, and it won't always be like this. It's just like this right in the second, uh, that helped kind of navigate things. And I think carrying that into the grief experience, it helped because Mm. I didn't judge myself for feeling what I was feeling. Mm. It wasn't comfortable and was not joyous. That's for sure. But I can see that it, it allowed me to release um, what I needed to release in a way um, that was much healthier than how I used to do it, where I would just like ignore it. (laughs) Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So let's rewind for a second. Can you tell our audience what, what is shadow work? And we, I mean, when we get deeper into spirituality, we hear this term all the time, but what is it? Um, So for me, how I define it is it's, the shadow is basically the parts of ourselves that we shy away from the parts that we kind of repress. We don't like about ourselves that usually are not maybe socially acceptable. So we're usually Mm -hmm. shamed for feeling them. So things Mm -hmm. like anxiety can be one of them. Um, anger, resentment, jealousy, um, anything like that, where you just like you would, as a child, you would get in trouble for, behaving in a way that would like show that kind of emotion basically. So a lot of the the shadow work stuff can come from usually it's childhood, obviously like past life stuff can influence Uh it as well. Um, But typically because we're like sponges when we're children, we can't discern um, what's like what information is coming into us. So we can take things um, and make up a story about them. And then we carry that into adulthood. That makes sense. So how did doing this work and releasing, how did that start to change you as a person and change the spiritual journey that you were on? I realized that like I had like hid from this for so long Mm. and that I was doing all of the healing work, you know, following the different like, you know, mindfulness, meditation, journaling, all of that stuff. And it was helpful but it never really like had lasting long-term effects. Like it never mm-hmm. really shifted things in the way that I wanted them to be shifted. It, you're right. Because those things are so, they can be useful, but they don't get to the deep rooted stuff that we tend to push down further, further, further and further. So what was that release like? It was definitely, I mean, it wasn't pretty. Um, For me, in my experience, I found because I'm, I think because I'm more of a feeler, I feel it in my body. So Mm -hmm. that's how 
a lot of the emotion always kind of comes up is that I'll feel like super tired, um, different, like just not feel great physically, but there's no like actual illness happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, yeah, that anxiety was another one that would come up a lot. Um, and I think those were like the main ones that really kind of stood out the most. Did you find once you had that release, then going back to those practices like meditation and journaling and mindfulness practice did have a different way they worked once you released all the shadow work? I think so. And I use them kind of throughout the shadow work process. So they're like a really good tool to use in conjunction with it and and to have that consistency and creating the stillness, that's a really mm-hmm. important piece in when you start like navigating shadow work and just getting curious, like understanding um, that it's okay to feel what you feel. So if an emotion comes up, like pausing and seeing if you can just like peel it back a little bit and see if it is actually anger or is there something else underneath it? Yeah, that was going to be my next question is how do we even know where to start when we start to look into the deeper parts of our soul and those darker parts and those shame, how do we even identify what those feelings are and where they've come from? I think the biggest thing is getting curious. That's like the first thing and like not judging yourself for what's coming up. So I like journaling. For me, that's the best way for me to get curious and clear about things. So I would start journaling on emotions that are coming up like where do I feel it in my body what emotion is it how does it feel like all of that sort of stuff starting to get like really curious with that and you don't necessarily need to like know this exact event happened on this day mm-hmm. you just just getting curious with the emotion that's coming up and then once you notice that when you're in situations you can start to pay attention to what triggers you and that can usually give you an indication of oh, okay, this is, you know, I'm in a high conflict situation and that is bringing up all of this emotion in my body. Clearly there's something here that I need to work on. And then how do we work through that to then begin to release it? Beginning to release it, um, I mean, simply by, like there's lots of different ways that you can do, um, like really getting it out. Movement is a great thing. Like I find that movement, like whatever it is, yoga, walking, anything that gets your body like moving, so the energy is moving. Breath work is another really powerful thing. I've used that uh, a lot, actually. And then you can work with people um, who have either who work in shadow work or who have um, other types of healing modalities that can help kind of shift that energy out. But I find that even having the awareness and once you start having the awareness, being able to notice your triggers, even that is almost enough to start the, like, the journey of releasing the emotions. Mm. And then how can we, I mean, you said you feel what you feel, but how can we feel these emotions, process them without then letting them consume us once they come to the surface? Right. That's the practice. And I think that that's something that comes just with practice. Like the more that you tap into your emotions, the more comfortable you get with them. Mm. Um, and that was something that took me a little bit of time. Like it's not an instant thing because for a while, if things like anxiety would come up, I would want to run away, but now I'm able to sit with it. Um, 
And I like a small thing I found like watching my language around the emotions was a really surprisingly powerful thing. I used to say like, I have anxiety or that kind of thing. So like making it part of my identity. And now Mm. I've shifted it to like, I feel anxious or I feel anxiety in my stomach or that sort of thing. And it's that actually really made a difference. I don't feel it as intensely that way Mm. for some reason. That makes sense because I think having those boundaries and the way that we talk to ourselves and create those even verbal boundaries within our mind is so important, especially for someone like me or who's an empath or highly sensitive people. It's really hard not to be completely consumed by that. So detaching it from your identity, I think is a very important thing. Definitely. And that makes, yeah, that makes such a difference or being able to like sit with the emotion for a little bit. And then you could spend some time doing a meditation or like some yoga or whatever it is that you enjoy. And then that can kind of pull you out of it. That can help it move. That's basically, I found that that, that's the biggest thing. And it's just a practice and figuring out what works best for you because it's such a unique journey and experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's hard so much to sense all these emotions and all these deep-rooted things are so unique to every single person. It's Would you agree that it's really just kind of figuring out what works best and what speaks to them the most of what's going to help. Yeah, definitely. You want to be doing something that feels like, especially if you're new to it, obviously anything is going to feel a little bit weird, like as you start that Mm -hmm. routine, but you want to find something that's easy to incorporate into your life that you can do just all of the time, even when you feel great. So that's the consistency piece that I found has been really powerful is to have that I've done it where I, you know, haven't meditated all of the time. And I've noticed the difference versus when I do meditate like daily. And it doesn't have to be like a long time. Like, I mean, 15 minutes a day can get like a really good, like you can get a really good routine in that space. So when you meditate, because I know as I get deeper into spirituality, I have different meditation practices where I will, sometimes I'll meditate just to be still and calm. And other times I will meditate to try to connect to spirit and source. And so what does a meditation look like when you're going inward to do shadow work? I mean, that's such a, like every person will have a different one. So I'm happy to get people meditating. Really, that's like number one, because it makes such a difference. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Uh And I mean, now it's gotten to the point where I just sort of like set my timer for like however long I'm doing it and then just like kind of connect to my breath, close my eyes and let whatever comes up, comes up. Um, Mm. So you could do that. You could listen to a guided meditation it's really like, it's such, it just depends on what works best and feels the most like comfortable because I know some people are really uncomfortable with meditation because you're sitting in stillness and not moving. And I mean, you're still going to think in meditation. That's another thing that I think that is often thought like you're just, you sit sit there without thinking, but thoughts come up and that, and that's okay. So just like kind of go with it, explore it as it comes. Yeah. I think that's definitely a really hard thing to do is to just be still and let it come and then work through it. And like we said, then create those boundaries. So it's not consuming you once you've kind of leaned into it a little bit. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, if it's something that like you find that that 
is happening often, you could always like make a list of the like top 10 things that make you super happy. And then just make sure, make sure that you incorporate something like that in when you're feeling a little bit overwhelmed. So what is it that makes you feel super joyous and do that? And that can like kind of pull you out of the shadow and get you kind of in the present moment, just kind of focusing on what feels good. Have you found that in your work that the biggest resistance is leaning into those icky feelings? I think it can be. And sometimes we like we create it as part of our our identity. And that was something that I like discovered on myself is that I had created a lot of these things as part of my identity. And then letting them go is kind of sometimes it's scary. Um because I mean it's not comfortable, but we know this discomfort. So mm-hmm. it it can be it can feel easier to stay stuck than to like sit with the emotion. And it's something that I don't like ever want to push people. So like when they're ready, then they can start like beginning to release and it can come back too. That's another thing is that like sometimes these like sensations, emotions stuff will come back because there's layers of them. So it doesn't mean that you didn't do um, a lot of healing already. It's just there's another layer of it that's kind of showing up and it's just more stuff to be released. I think that's a very important thing that you just said, because I think when we do this work and we put in all this hard work and we expect it to be healed and then it comes up again, we're like, what the heck? But it's so true that there mu- there's a lot of layers to it. Definitely. And I think just being human, that's just how it is. Like we're like, we experience all of these different emotions. We never really heal like in that sense of like, there's always stuff to kind of unlearn, uncover and that sort of thing. So I think once you understand that it almost makes it a little bit easier. Like there's no real end goal per se with shadow work. It's just becoming kind of your best version of yourself that you were meant to be. What advice would you give for someone? Because I always run into this issue. I I talk to a lot of people on this podcast who feel this way is that we do the work, we show up, we go deeper, we heal, we see the benefits of it. And then we see loved ones who could so benefit from this type of work, but it's not like we can shove it down their throats and they have to do it when they're ready. So how can we be supportive to those who may not be ready, but do have a lot of healing to do? Well, that's a tough one. I'm finding in, I'm in that position now myself of like, I can see all of this stuff, but how can I tell you that this would be beneficial? Um, Right. Of like learning, I guess, to have that boundary of maybe like, depending on what kind of energy they're giving out to you of like, you can support them to a point, but then after that, like you just are not able to like continue on the conversation with the particular problem maybe that they're going on about or to have, I think it's like all about creating the boundary of like what you're going to tolerate um, in a way that like protects your energy, not in a way to say like get lost. Like if you don't do this work, you're never like, I can't be friends with you, but like just to have that sort of like this, this is what I need to do to keep my energy like grounded Um, and then just give them like share as much tips as you can. And some people just, I I feel like just are never going to be ready for it. Um, and it's Mm. hard, especially when it's someone that you really love and care about and you can see how much that they would benefit from it. Um, but just, I guess, trusting that their journey is their journey 
Um, Mm -hmm. and you don't always like it, but just focus on your journey. Uh, And it's it's, it's a hard one because, you know, especially being an empath and that sort of thing, like you want to help everyone. Yes. So it's really hard when you can see someone is struggling and you know that there are things that could be beneficial. So yeah, it's it's a balance, I think. (laughs) Yeah. No, I think what's helped me, like you said, is just giving them that love and that appreciation that they're, they are on their own journey. And maybe this journey in this lifetime, they're not really meant to do that deeper, darker work. I think that's the only thing that's really helped me yeah. and those boundaries, of course, and just sending them love and knowing that when they're ready, you'll be there. Yeah, definitely. And that's what I've found is that not everyone is ready to get to that that place and it's tough when you have been to that place and you've seen like both sides of it so I find that yeah it's Mm -hmm. definitely it's such a balance (laughs) yeah how has doing this shadow work how has it changed your intuition and your spiritual connections I think it's it's definitely deep in them and they're always like evolving. Um, I'm a lot more in tune with myself, like being able to feel things, know things, um, reawaken things that I didn't realize that I knew, but I did know. So I found that it's, yeah, it's helped to like peel back the layers of all of this like junk that I had absorbed over my life, my lifetimes. Um, and Mm -hmm. yeah, it's just able to, yeah, I am more, I guess I'm more confident in trusting my intuition. I think that's the, the, probably the biggest piece is that I know when it's something I need to listen to. And then when it's something that I don't need to listen to. That makes a lot of sense. And I, I was just thinking this while you were saying that, that when we're holding on to all this shadow work and this emotional baggage, that's such a lower frequency that we're holding on to. And when we can release it, it it makes room for those higher vibrations, which is our intuition and our connection to source and stepping into our highest self. Definitely. I think, and it also kind of keeps us stuck in those like fear loops and all of those like scarcity things that just keep us sort of, you know, we're just following the rules and doing things that way. Um, when we're stuck in that sort of, I guess, energetic frequency, um, rather than once we are able to call in that, that lighter energy and shed all of that sort of like heavy stuff, then we're able to like almost question things too, in a way, mm-hmm. um, and not always take things at face value and be able to like explore and, and that sort of thing. So it is a, that's another benefit, an added benefit that I've noticed in the last few months of like just being more clear and more curious and, you know, always asking like, why are we doing these things? Like, is this a, like a beneficial thing? Is it not like all of that kind of stuff? How has empowering others through shadow work, how has it empowered you? I, it's, it's amazing to see that. I mean, like to show people that they're, they are their own healer. Um, I think for a long time, I always was searching for someone to fix me and heal me. And like, I'd give them all the, all of my junk and then they give it back to me. It would be great, but that's not how it works. Um, like to teach people that they have the power within themselves and they know all of the answers is a huge thing. And to be able for them to like stand up and be confident in themselves is such a, like, that's a huge win. Mm. 
I have goosebumps. I love so much that you said that because it's so true. And it's always funny how it takes us so long to get to that point to realizing, oh, wait, it was within me all right? along. Yeah. <laughs> We're stubborn <laughs> creatures sometimes. <laughs> oh, man. Did you ever expect that this is what you would be doing and that, that this would be your life purpose? Uh, no, I had no idea. It is interesting though. All of the jobs and working that I've ever done has always been helping people. Like it's always been like, that's always been something really important to me, but it was never like, I feel like only in the last couple of years have I like come out of the spiritual closet and mm-hmm. starting to like really embrace that and just be, yeah, it feels really kind of cool. And it almost like happened by accident. So I'm, I'm grateful. Yeah for being in this position and exploring it even further. I think it's just such a beautiful time right now where there's so many people who are quote unquote waking up or coming out of the spiritual closet and we're all stepping into these different roles, but it really isn't like you said, you've always been helping people. And for me, I was the same way where I was always doing like media and communications and writing and helping people through education and stories and that we all kind of had to acquire all these tools. So when the time was right, that we were all here to ready and ready to step into that, to that version of us. Definitely. And I think that's a really... Yeah, it's a really powerful thing for sure to be in that yeah space where you feel super confident and comfortable and are embracing what you truly know that you are supposed to do. And I don't know if the world would have been ready for it 10 years ago. Cause I know I talked to people like even five years ago, the, the world wasn't ready for it. No, definitely. There's been a lot of shifts energetically, I think even in the last like couple years where Mm -hmm. we're like tapping into things that I don't think we ever tapped into before. So it's definitely, yeah, this is a cool time to be alive. And I, you can see it just within like the disconnect and dis like, there's just a lot of like tension within kind of every country for every different, like there's a lot of polarity happening right now. I feel like there's old Mm -hmm. ways that are falling away and they're kind of clinging to those ways. And then there's Mm -hmm. like a newer wave that's coming in and like we're starting to shift. But with that comes all of the kind of conflict until we find that middle ground. Yeah, I no, I agree. I think they're that's a perfect way to put it that the polarity is more of the clinging on to those old stories and those old ways, but there's definitely a shift happening. And I think we're all at the forefront of it, shining the light to kind of help that those old dark parts heal and release. Definitely. Yeah. It's definitely a powerful thing. And that kind of helps get me through when I'm like, Oh boy, this, this feels a little overwhelming. So just focus on the bigger picture. There's, there's going to be some good stuff that comes from it. So. Yeah. Which made me almost realize that our culture has to do shadow work too. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. (laughs) I think just in general as humans and just how it's all set up with all of the different, um, yeah, the rules and the the things that it was founded on and all of that kind of stuff, just like it wasn't set up in the way that humans were naturally supposed to be. Like we weren't supposed to live this way. Um, Mm -hmm. And now the more I've kind of done the shadow work, I can see, wow, this really makes sense. There's, this is why there's probably so much struggle, why people feel so disconnected from themselves um, and all of that. And it, hopefully it'll start to shift, but it's not going to happen overnight, obviously. How has doing this shadow work, how has it helped you to relate to others, including your family members? I think it's just learning 
yeah, it's having the ability to kind of notice my triggers, um, especially being a parent of when you're in a situation, like I find parenting is one of like the most triggering things that you can do. Uh, Mm -hmm. And just being able to call out myself of like, is this something that is my crap that I'm like kind of projecting onto the kids? Or is it actually something that we need to like have a conversation about and teach and to have boundaries set up about it? So just being able to notice that and then, yeah, in, in relationships and stuff with my husband, learning how to notice like my triggers. And I feel like it's, yeah, it's deepened my awareness in that way. Um, it's tough when you're dealing with people that don't necessarily have that awareness because then they're uh-huh. very reactionary. Um, and if coming to them and explaining kind of this is why you did this probably, or like having that conversation is not always met with the best um, response. Um, But I find the people that are like really close to me, it's definitely been a powerful experience. I can't even imagine how that is. I mean, I feel I have the same type of experiences where as an empath and you're feeling other people's emotions, you can feel exactly where it's coming from and (laughs) what it is. But then telling that person, you can kind of get into trouble. Oh yeah, definitely. Not everyone's ready to hear that um, for sure. (laughs) So yeah, definitely. I usually just don't say anything and that's not always the best solution, but yeah, I can feel that on you. (laughs) As a mom who's hyper aware of shadow work and possible things that could become a shadow for your kids, how do you dance around that as a mom? Oh, that one is like a tough one because then I'm <laughs> like, I'm aware of it now so I can see it. Um, and even like understanding like how kids just like absorb so much before they're like eight or nine, like there's so much that they can suck up. Um even when we have like, like we have a good life and they're like, we do our best to kind of like not have any like traumatic events come up. But I've learned that anything can be something that they just like, they create a story about. So it's their job to kind of like unravel that and go on their own journey. And I'm trying to like, trust that whatever comes up for them as they grow is something that they need to experience and navigate themselves so it's not me doing it like it's not my fault (laughs) um yeah so just doing the best to like have conversations to teach them about this stuff and teach them about the self-awareness tools I think is the best thing so that as they get older they have the the ability to do it on their own and to realize that they have this power within themselves to explore and 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 just yeah get curious about what they're feeling yeah, that's such a good point too, because if we combine that self-awareness and giving them the, those tools with the understanding that they knew exactly what they were getting into before coming Earthside and they chose us in this life for a reason, for the lessons and how they would grow, I think that can take some of the pressure off. Yeah, I think that makes a, a difference and knowing that like, I mean, we're, we're learning as we go, especially with parenting and it's, and I feel it's hard um, in the life that we live now, because it's very noisy. And there's a lot of like outside influences that are always kind of like trying to say, you need to do this, you need to do that. If you don't do this, then it's bad. So like really getting clear on what I guess feels good for you and what like aligns best with you and your kids and kind of working with them is a really like powerful way of like, what works for one kid is not going to work for the other kid and that kind of thing. So 
just, yeah, teaching them self-awareness. And I think that's been the biggest thing because a couple of my kids are definitely more intuitive. So they're definitely, they're feelers for sure. I think that's an important thing to note too, is tuning out that outside noise. I think that's been the hardest thing for me as a new parent is it almost seems like you have to choose a camp as soon as you become a, an expecting parent. And it can be so hard to go against that and create your own safe bubble of what works for your family without feeling like you're less than or not doing it right. Yeah, I think that that's a definitely I've learned it's a it's a harder thing. And even now, um, like I missed out some of that, because my youngest is eight. So we're kind of like, but being a new mom now with the internet and social media, the way it is, is, mm-hmm. I mean, it's an amazing place, but it can also be like a place that like incites a lot of like shame and really like awful feeling. Just because there's yes. so many opinions for every, everything. Um, mm-hmm. so just, yeah, learning how to step back from that and just be like, I know what I'm doing. Like, this is what's best. Um, and I think if we all kind of parented from that place, it would be a much, like, we'd be a much happier, like society of like, we know what we're doing. It's best for our kids. It might look different than you. Like, um, and that's and okay. That's, it's a-okay, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I think that's where, oh, as I hit my mic, that that is where mindfulness and spirituality become so important in parenthood of trusting that intuition and getting just coming full circle, releasing all those things so you can trust your intuition. Definitely. I think it, yeah, it evolves as you grow and just learning, yeah, to trust yourself and have confidence. and to know that I guess if you make a mistake in any sort of like, whether it's spiritual or in parenting, like to have the ability to be like, oops, this didn't work. Let's try it a a different way. Um, And just that practice. It's always a practice and we're human. So we mess it up. Yep. So that's okay too, (laughs) right? Yes. Oh, of course. I think practice, I mean, whoever coined that term, it's true. It's a practice and it's a constant effort every single day to show up and, and practice. It's not gonna be perfect. <laughs> nope, not at all. So I think that 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 also helps. Is it like getting rid of the idea that it's gonna be perfect and that there's like an end goal? Because um, there's not. It's the journey that you go on. It that's where the the learning happens. So. Yeah, I think that's so true. And I just, it just goes back to what we were talking about before is that I think another misconception is that when you say, oh, I'm spiritual now, I'm mindful now, and it's just unicorns and rainbows and the grass is green over here and there's nothing, no obstacles to face. There's no hardships, there's no adversity, but I think it's the exact opposite because we're more self-aware of the lessons and we're working through them, but then the lessons come again and there there's a deeper layer to it. And it's just this constant, thing of learning and evolution. Definitely. I think it's, it's that balance of, you know, being human (laughs) and being (laughs) like these spiritual beings in the human body. Um, Mm -hmm. and just trying to balance the two is sometimes a little bit tricky. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's just always, it's always happening and there's always room for, I say growth. It's more like expansion. Like we let go stuff so that we can make space for like new stuff. So Mm -hmm that I think even just, yeah, being aware of the language, like I talked about before makes a difference and makes it feel less like, yeah, we don't have that negative association with certain things. Um, that way, when we view it in sort of like 
a curiosity way. I think curiosity is such a good word for it because it's, it, it does, it takes away that. I mean, it is a heavy thing, but it adds light to it almost. Yeah. And that's what I've learned is that like, you're basically like shining a flashlight on these places and kind of getting curious with what they are and not judging them because clearly they were there for a reason. Um, and now you can start to like undo that reason and unlearn it and all of that sort of stuff. So it's something that is definitely like a practice and like, I don't get that right every time. And some days you'll just fall into that loop of like, Oh my God, life is over. I'm never, it's never going to work and all of that sort of stuff. But now to have the tools to pull myself out of that, which is something that I didn't have a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's always just the, that quick, I'm at the stage where I fall into it maybe for a few seconds. I'm like, okay, you're recognizing it. Choose again. Let's, let's change this. But I mean, it still comes up and it, you're right. It's just a constant practice of recognizing it, relearning it and eventually trying to heal it and pull back more layers. Yeah, that's definitely. And I think that's, it's just, yeah, it's, it's a wild ride sometimes. That's for sure. <laughs> I agree. So tell me what is on your spiritual bucket list? Um, lately, I think it's going to Glastonbury in <gasps> England. I have a friend of mine and we've been talking about it. Um, and I think we're going to do it in a, a year or two. <gasps> Um, but yeah, there's something about that place. And I just have, I have a really strong connection with like England, Ireland, Scotland. Um, Mm -hmm. but I've never been to Glastonbury. Um, so I, it's definitely, it's on the list. Um, (gasps) I love that. It's only two places in the world where the divine feminine and masculine are equal. Right. Yeah. It's apparently the heart chakra of the earth. So yeah, I'm like, wow, this is going to be a powerful, powerful place to visit. Oh, that's on my list too. Uh, you'll have to let me know how that is. And then I will live vicariously through you until I make it there myself. <laughs> right? Yeah. One of these days, you know, put it out into the universe and then eventually it will, yeah, we'll yeah. come back. But I, do you know who Rebecca Campbell is? Yes. Yes. She I does do. her retreats there. Sometimes. Yes. Oh, that's on my list. It that just is go- also a bucket list one too. Well, Victoria, it's been such a pleasure having you on this podcast. Yeah, it's been super fun. I'm so glad it it worked out. Yes, despite mercury retrograde. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And as you know, I always like to end this podcast with wise words for anyone listening who might need that pick-me-up or words of encouragement today to step into their best self. So what are your wise words to end on? Um, I think the one that I will use today would be something that my dad always said, which was look on the bright side. And that was something that he usually used as a joke. But I found that it's offered me like a lot of like comfort um, in the last eight months. So like, just see if you can find the bright side, see if you can find the good, find the lesson, find something in it that kind of keeps you keeps you moving a couple steps forward.
thank you for listening to Enlightenhood. For more wisdom from spiritual mamas like you in the form of guided meditations, videos, articles, masterclasses, and more, check us out at enlightenhood.com or connect with us on Instagram at Enlightenhood. If you need a tribe of like-minded women to dive into personal and spiritual development with, check out our monthly membership where we show up, go inward, and upward together. Enroll today at enlightenhood.com backslash membership for less than the cost of a yoga class. Until next time, you mindful mamas.